Hello, and welcome back to We Are the Weirdos, Mister, the podcast for all things cult, camp, queer, and creepy. I am your host, Hillary Michelle Post, and I am joined today by my dear Heather. Hey, Heather, how are you doing today? I am good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for pitching in kind of last minute. I kind of threw this at you out of nowhere. Like, hey, we're going to do an episode. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> you always know that Hillary's like wrangling for something when she starts to text message was like do you have this streaming service <laughs> yeah and i was like what are we watching <laughs> um heather was kind enough to rent this uh, movie because i've been wanting to do it for a long time but i just kept waiting for it to be free somewhere because i own it on dvd and it just never became free anywhere so i was finally just <laughs> succumbed to the situation and heather was kind enough to rent it so well, actually, I found it on the IFC. Like, I got a seven-day free trial of it. So, hopefully, it cost me nothing as long as I remember to get rid of that subscription. <laughs> There's the rub. That's always the yeah. problem with me, too. I always forget. Yeah. Thank you for that Hamlet reference. <laughs> so, we're going to be talking about a movie that isn't super well-known, um, but I came across it when I was still living in Columbus and I was going through this phase that I think was kind of triggered by reading a lot of um, Jillian Flynn and Megan Abbott, where I was watching, reading and watching a lot of stuff with problematic female protagonists um, because they made me feel empowered and made me feel better about my own fucked up life. (laughs) So with those themes in mind, I discovered this film in my searches and I liked it a lot. Um, it's a story about found families, about secrets, about queerness, and about obsession. And the movie is an indie film called Cracks. So this was Heather's first viewing. So before we dive in, what did you think of this movie overall, Heather? Uh, I enjoyed it, but my God, at some points it was boring. (laughs) I mean, like, I was just like, like, well, someone, like, when does this get gay? Like, when is going to happen? Will someone die? Like, will someone have sex? Like, I just need something. <laughs> yeah, Heather well, texted me ha- halfway through her viewing, like, oh, my God, Hillary, this is so boring. I was like, stick with it. <laughs> it gets there. Um, I am glad I watched it, though. Yeah, I like, I like anything set in a, an all-girls boarding school. And I just thought, I made Julie watch it forever ago. I don't think she hardly remembers anything about it. But um, I wanted your take on it. I thought it would be an interesting, especially like from an educator's point of view, this movie about this batshit insane teacher. Oh, yeah. Um, so a little background on the movie first before we dive in. Uh, Cracks was co-produced by one of my favorite production companies, Killer Films who actually produced several movies that we've talked about on this show. Um, But like a lot of independent films, it has numerous production companies to its name. Um, It opened in the UK and and Ireland in late 2009, but didn't premiere in the US until early 2011. Um, It's actually very... I was confused, so that makes sense. What? Well, when I saw... Because I was trying to find the exact movie, and sometimes it said 2011, sometimes it said 2009, Mm -hmm. and I was like, what? Yeah. I don't know why the why there was such a big gap there. I don't know why it took so long. Um, 
It's actually very loosely based on a novel from 1999 by Sheila Kohler. Um, like, they changed the setting and they changed the year and they changed the ethnicities of some people. Um, that's why I say loosely based, but the plot itself is pretty much the same, but just uh, some elements are different. Um, this was the directorial debut of Jordan Scott, who was the daughter of famed director Ridley Scott. Um, it stars Eva Green, who is so hot. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I, ugh. <laughs> I have such a thing for Eva Green. Um, but at the end of the movie, you, I'm just like, don't even, I don't even want to look at you. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's always a bummer when you go into something because you have a boner for someone and then they just end up disgusting you, disgusting you. You're just like, ah, yeah, nope. I'm going to boner killer. Um, it also stars Gino Temple, who I love from, of course, from Ted Lasso. Yes. Um, also stars Imogen Poots, who, gun to my head, I can't name another movie she's in, but I love her name. <laughs> she was just in, uh, she was so weird in this movie, but she was just in Outer Range, which is on Amazon Prime, and we watched it all. It's kind of like a Western sci-fi. It's pretty good, and she's in it, and yeah, that's how I knew her. She reminds me, every time I see her, especially in this movie, she reminds me of a um, Jude Law. She looks like she could be Jude Law's daughter. You know what? I never thought of that before, but that could be accurate, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jude Law was in this old um, Oscar Wilde biopic. He played, like, Oscar's lover. And he's so young and so twinky and so pretty. He looks like a girl. And he looks just like Imogen Bates in the movie. <laughs> what movie is um, that? It's, it's called Wild. It's really good. I need to track it down. We need to do it for the show, too. It's really good. Um, especially if you're into seeing Jude Law fuck dudes. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, who's going to say no to that? <laughs> um, Would not. Let's see. So that's pretty much... I don't have a lot of more trivia on this movie like I do a lot of my other movies. Because A, a it doesn't exist... And B, I've been really busy. <laughs> so even if it had been, I'd been like, okay, cool. Let's get into it. <laughs> um, so the movie opens with our two main characters, Miss G, Eva Green's character, and Di, Gino Temple's character. Um, they are on the lake in a rowboat. And they talk about um, Di having read a book that Miss G has lent her. And it was apparently something kind of scandalous that she probably shouldn't have read. But I don't know. Do they ever name the book? No. I don't think so. See, I thought it was going to come back to this scene, and it doesn't. Mm -mm. So was this scene, is this movie in, like, chronological order? Or is this, is this the very beginning? Yeah, it's in chronological order. Okay, okay. I was trying to look too deep then because I was like, does this matter later? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The two of them share a cigarette. And I think it's just kind of to illustrate like how intimately close they are and that Miss G is kind of a rebel by letting her students read something she probably shouldn't. And you can see in Juno's performance, like how enamored she is with Miss G. Um. Another thing, it's set in England in 1934, right? And my favorite thing about this movie 
is Eva Green's clothes. Oh, my God. Every outfit she has is amazing. Um, And, like, period accurate, but so stylish that you can tell that she's, like, breaking the boundaries of what most women in that time and place would be wearing. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, I don't know fashion that well, but... Like when she was wearing pants, I was like, "It's the '30s. She's wearing pants." Like, right. Is, this, though, is that? I mean, like it looked like uh, on period, but like at the same time, I was just like, "Did women wear pants in the '30s? What, what did people think of that?" <laughs> right. Like pants on women wasn't weren't wasn't really like mainstream until a little bit later when you get into like Catherine Hepburns and stuff like you know what I mean. Like yeah. So yeah, it would have been. Not like scandalous and completely out of the ordinary, but it is a little. She's definitely the only teacher that w- was wearing pants. A little queer, one might say. Uh, yeah, big time. <laughs> big dyke energy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, <laughs> my notes are really disjointed, and one of them just says, "Evergreen is so hot." <laughs> like, yes, Hillary. I don't think you need to write needed to write that down, but okay. <laughs> Um, we see funny encounter I hope I'm not skipping anything there's this funny encounter with um, the priest and uh, Dye's character like goes to like confess she's like I've had a couple maybe a lot of lustful thoughts (laughs) (laughs) and she goes do I have to be sorry for all of them (laughs) yeah yeah. I love that Um, Dye it's like other, you know, like, boarding schools and English boarding schools and stuff. They're divided up into houses. Um, but each house is, like, its own dormitory. And Di's particular dormitory is ran by Miss G. And there she turned them into a diving team. So instead of a house or a dorm or anything like that, they're referred to as a team. And Di is kind of like team captain. And... um she is berating this other girl who's making them toast over the fire and like bitching about how much butter she put on the toast and all this stuff. Um, so right out the gate, like dive is clearly a pain in the ass. Yeah. She's, uh, you know, this is like 1934 England mean girls. Yeah, totally. And I've never thought about making toast over a fire, but that's, I mean, of course, of course that's how you make toast. Yeah. And she says in the scene before with the priest that she, like, had made her own butter. She stole cream and shook it up in a can until it made butter. I was just like, wow. A, great ingenuity. B, how desperate are you for butter? (laughs) Butter must be a hell of a commodity in this school. I mean, I do love some butter. I mean, yeah, can't blame her. Um, So we find out from... A conversation between Miss G and the headmistress that a new girl is arriving from Spain. And she, headmistress, is talking to the team and saying that, you know, this girl's going to join the team and she's an aristocrat. So you have to be nice to her. So if she wasn't, you could be mean to her? What? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. This, that fucking headmistress, all she cares about is. The reputation of the school yes. for good for better or for worse no matter what the situation all that matters is what looks good on the school 
Um, so the girls on the team are go to um, bounce practice, which is basically just like a trampoline and a fly a rig system so they can practice diving techniques in the air. And one of the girls, uh, is it Fuzzy? Yeah, Fuzzy. Yes, Fuzzy. I like her. She's so pitiful. <laughs> She's like a kicked puppy. And of course, not fat at all, but constantly making, there's fat comments made about her throughout the whole movie, as if she was. Um, and she's not, she's having trouble nailing a certain move. And Miss G <laughs> asks the girl, she's like, what's the most important thing in life? And one girl is just like, uh, God? <laughs> she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and Imogen Poots' character, whose name escapes me. Hold on. What is Poppy. Her name? Poppy, yeah. Okay. Poppy's like, death. <laughs> and she's like, in life, Poppy. What's the most important thing in life? <laughs> <laughs> and des- and die, of course, gets it right. She says, desire is the most important thing in life. And I think you're... that Miss G would have said yes to whatever I said. Oh, yes, oh yeah. yeah. Miss G is so full of shit because like as motive as motivational as this whole little speech is, what any of that has to do with being physically capable of like doing a backflip. Yeah. I could desire to do, do a cartwheel and my fat ass is never going to be able to do it. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> not right? enough desire, but it just, and it, kind of kind of like meters how strong your bullshit detector is as a viewer because you're going to watch the scene and either be like oh yeah cool she seems cool or immediately be like mm, she's full of shit <laughs> yeah um so then we get um poppy reciting Osmandias, which I love because I'm a nerd <laughs> I had to, I've I've never heard that poem outside of this. Like, I'm familiar with Percy Shelley, but I've never heard that specific poem outside of this movie. So, when we're done recording, you need to go and look it up and put Brian Cranston's name because he recites it. And it was a whole, like, um, ad for the last season of Breaking Bad. And... I always play it for my students because I teach it to my students and him, Brian Cranston reciting it is like perfect. It's so cool. Like his voice is just perfect for it. Anyway. Very cool. Um, that's so cool that you teach it in your class. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so the new girl, Fiamma arrives and she clearly does not want to be there. Um, and as soon as she arrives in the dormitory, Di, like, starts to crack the whip. And I don't know if I've just seen this movie too many, so many times or what my problem is, but, like, on this last watch, yes, Di is being a bitch, but I don't think Fiamma should uh, get special treatment in any way. And I kept getting annoyed by Fiamma, who was just like, if the rule is you can only have five things on your uh, table, then that's the rule. Like, don't be a bitch about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but is they're nitpicking about little things like that. She like tells her you can only have five personal items on your nightstand. You have to have your collar buttoned and your tie on unless you per- get permission from a teacher and blah, 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 all this different stuff. 
And like I said, Guy is clearly being a hard ass about it, but Fiamma's kind of brushes her off. Um, imagine she's probably, probably pretty spoiled. Um, yeah, but she's not easily intimidated by Dai either. <clears throat> you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Did I break out for a sec? Yeah, I think you did. I just said she was. She's not easily intimidated by Dai either. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and. <laughs> Like I said, this last viewing, I was getting annoyed by Fiamma because the fact that she's late for practice also annoys me. Because um, they're like, why are you late? And she's like, it's not late. It's only 7 a.m. I'm just like, yeah, but that you're late, man. Just like <laughs> quit being a little princess about it. Before, okay, I want to go back one second because mm-hmm. I thought about this later. So on our first night, there one girl's having like a night terror so like the maid or whatever she is comes in even though she's just whimpering so later i'm like uh where's the maid if you can hear that girl whimper like i can't right. hear other things going on in this room but like whatever right and, and i love then, when the i love when the maid goes to leave and she like curtsies at fiam <laughs> yeah yeah but then when we get to um her being late for the diving practice, we see that she has like um an inhaler on her, whatever the nineteen thirties version of an inhaler was around her neck. So she has some sort of asthma or whatever. Right. Um <clears throat> I think it's so <laughs> so right away Fiamma like dives. And shows off. And up to this point, Dai was the best diver and, quote, set the standard. But Fiamma goes and, like, crushes it. And all I could think was, what are the fucking odds that she would be a great diver? She has asthma. She's, like, (laughs) super spoiled and rich. The fact that she ended up on this dive team is completely coincidental. And she just happens to be an amazing diver. Like, are you shitting me? (laughs) Um, but of course now she's set the standard and immediately she has Miss G's full attention. Miss G's enamored with her right away. Um, the whole team go out for a walk and the girls are mean to Fiamma. They just kind of pick on her a little bit. And so Fiamma leaves them and goes back to the school. Um, and then they're assigned to write letters home in class. And not realizing that the teacher will be reading them, Fiamma writes to her lover, Pablo. And then Fuzzy, like, takes a letter up to the teacher and the teacher is reading it and, you know, editing it. <laughs> Fiamma's like, she's going to read these? <laughs> <laughs> and the other little girl in the from her team is just like well yeah she's like oh who's pablo to your lover is that why you were banished she's like i wasn't mm-hmm. banished and she, <laughs> but she clearly was like that's clearly why she ended up at this school um so like the next day at breakfast or some whatever meal it is uh fiamma receives a care package from home this big old box full of cookies and treats and stuff and uh she tells this fairy tale to the other girls and the younger girls are like 
totally enraptured into it, but Di and Poppy are annoyed. And uh, she takes a piece of tissue paper that was around some of the cookies and um, curls it up into a tube and lights it on fire. And when you do that, it creates a vacuum in the tube and it makes it fly up into the air. And all the girls are like, oh, wow, you know, why she has matches? Unclear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Super convenient. <laughs> um, but then we see this scene of Miss G, like, out on the school lawn by herself. And she has one of what's clearly Fiamma's cookies. You, we recognize them from the scene before. And she has she has stolen Fiamma's postcards. And what kind of... Uh, so right away, you're just like, oh, okay, well, Miss G is a little cuckoo. Yeah, like, I don't steal my kids' shit. Like, what? <laughs> weird. Very weird. Um, so the next night or whatever time is weird there's never a clear <laughs> delineation of what to, yeah. how much time has passed during this but um one evening uh miss g comes and wakes the girls up to go night swimming and they go skinny dipping which is very weird because you know the actresses involved are probably all like 18 or older but they're like all playing kids and you're just like okay well <laughs> yeah some of them look kind of young so i felt kind of creepy but you did see some side boobs so i yeah. don't <laughs> felt weird they, about it it was very strange i've wondered how they filmed it i was like okay well whatever um but that does look fun to go like swimming at night under the moonlight it was probably really cold oh, yeah. but it looked they're probably cool. used to the cold if they're in the pool at like 6 a.m. Yeah, excuse me. Um, God, I wonder how warm it ever gets in England. I don't know. <laughs> at least like during a school year. Like what? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't imagine it ever gets very warm. Um. They, while they're swimming, they're talking about um, Miss G's travels. So apparently Miss G, according to the girls, have had, has had all these adventures and has done a bunch of traveling. And right away, Fiamma doesn't seem particularly impressed by this. And they're kind of like comparing stories because Fiamma is well-traveled as well. Um, and... Again, this like piques Miss G's interest. She's clearly starting to have a favorite. So Miss G sneaks into where they keep the girls' uh, personal files and reads Fiamma's file. And she gets busted, but she read she reads in the file that she had a quote scandalous affair with a Marxist peasant. <laughs> And, uh, she, but she gets caught by the headmistress. And this is where we find out that Miss G went to school there. And according to the headmistress, quote, has been with us a long time. So, bitch ain't been nowhere. Right. So, this is our, our indication that, yeah, she's definitely full of shit. Um, 
then we see the girls in the class and they're in a class about flower arranging. Oh boy. Um, Like I know in America we have home ec and shit, but like we weren't being taught flower arranging. (laughs) Maybe in the thirties they were. I guess so. That'd be kind of fun. They knew I'd be too poor to ever arrange a nice set of flowers. They didn't put that <laughs> shit on me. They didn't teach me geography either. They knew I wasn't going anywhere outside Ohio. So. <laughs> I'll just let you learn math, lady. <laughs> one day when you balance your checkbook. God, I didn't even get that. I wish they would do that more in high school where they like teach you how to balance the checkbook and shit. That'd be more practical. Um. So, while they're, you know, arranging flowers or whatnot, um, Di teases Fiamma, and she, um, she says, she says something about her dad called and said that her dad had said all these filthy things to one of the girls, just making shit up, just being a pain. And Fiamma's just like, why, why do you have to be this way? <laughs> why are you the way you are? <laughs> um. But Mrs. G comes in and pulls the girls from class to go diving because it's a nice day. And Fiamma declines and doesn't go, but she ends up watching them from a distance. Which I thought was weird. It's just like, if you didn't want to go, then why do you care to watch? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then we see the girls in Miss G's room. Which her room is pretty sweet. She's got some cool shit. Um, here's my question. This is jumping the gun a little bit. Because we find out more about Miss G. But like. She clearly. Hasn't done all these great things. That she says she's done. Um, but where is she. Where did she get all of her shit. Like where did she get all this cool stuff. And where did she get all of her cool clothes. And like. You know what I mean. Yeah. Because we see it. I'm going to jump the gut a couple scenes, but like we see her go to town and she's like really anxious to the point where you're almost like, is she agoraphobic? Like she is really anxious going out. I'm just like, well, she had to have gone out to go shopping to get all this cool shit. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But I thought, oh, I assumed when she went out, like there was a scandal about her. And so as long as the school keeps it quiet then no one knows at the school but when she goes out in town people are like oh it's that girl oh i never even thought of it like that i just thought that she was like like, yeah oh maybe because she's a big old les yeah i took it as there was like now later when we find out she is bisexual or a lesbian i assume that one of her and her classmates you know whatever and we were like We'll just keep, you know, you can teach here, you know, whatever. They just swept it under the rug, but like people found out in town. So when they see her, they're like, oh, that's that lady being the worst pants. <laughs> that's really smart. I never thought of that. I just thought that she was like a, a really anxious person. She could also be that. Huh. Interesting. See, this is why I wanted you to watch this movie with me. <laughs> You're smart. <laughs> I mean, I um, might be thinking too much into it, but. I, I just kind of thought there was something going on with a scandal with her, the way that the headmistress lady was like, and you're still here because of whatever that's not discussed. Right. Um, anyway. So 
anyway, <laughs> so while all the girls are in Miss G's room, um, she's regaling them more with her crazy stories. Um, Fiamma sees her postcards, which I'm amazed that she doesn't say anything. She just sees them and doesn't say a word. I'd be like, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this about? She doesn't say anything. Um, but then Miss G starts telling a story that is word for word ripped from a book. And Fiamma recognizes it and recites it along with her, totally calling her out on it. And she's like, oh, you must have heard me tell this one before. She's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that must be it. And Dai says something about Fiamma being rude. And she's like, they're just fairy tales, like all of her stories. So Fiamma has her number. She knows that Miss G's full of shit. If you're going to be full of shit and you're going to lie through your teeth, especially to kids, don't recite word for word from a book. No. Because what if they've read the book? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then, so afterwards, I forget how we get here, so you might need to help me, but like, the she... Wait, I might be skipping ahead. Keep going. Sorry. Oh, I all my notes say is that she becomes progressively more obsessed with Fiamma. And like she praises uh, yeah. her for her diving. Um, and then there's one point where um, Fiamma goes to like the outhouse just to get away from the girls because they're being mean to her. And then Miss G, the teacher, like a creep, is like, I just really want to be friends with you. And like talks to her on the other side of the door. And Fiamma's like, ugh, this is weird. And she's like, mm-hmm. I, just, I just, why can't we be friends? And I'm like, this is fucking creepy. Super creepy. And Fiamma is like visibly unnerved. Like she's yeah. curled up in that little that little outhouse thing, changing room, like breathing in her aspirator, like, okay, bitch is crazy. And um then there's that a scene that, right after that where she's like chasing Fiamma down, trying to get her to talk to her. And finally Fiamma is just like, you know, this is not forever. They will leave you. These girls will leave you, and then where will you be? So um, I think the whole reason, even though she would, so whatever re- reason that Miss G cannot be out in town, whether it be anxiety or people know gossip about her, she goes all the way to town pretty much to give guilt Fiona into liking her by making her like this Spanish dessert to, yeah, so that's the only way she like braves town is to like, Get on the good side of Fiona. Right. And um, then Fiona wants nothing to do with it because she's like, y'all can have this. Like, I'm not eating this. Right. She's not going to take the bribe. So she's like, tries to share it with the girls. Um, and and then of the course, girls are yeah, of course. So the girls are like pissed because they can see the favoritism. And the worst part is not only is she like showing favoritism to Fiamma, she's now being harder on the other girls. Excuse me. And I, I forget when the line is said, but basically they're talking about how she's so hard on the other girls. And because Fiamma has set the standard, but when Di, when Di set the standard, quote unquote, they, she wasn't hard on them. Yes. You know what that, I mean? The other girl said that specifically. Right. Um, so the girls are all irritated. They're fed up of getting treated shitty and for Fiamma getting um, attention, especially Dai. And Dai being kind of the 
leader of the group. Um, all the girls gather up all their money and their food and supplies and stuff and put it in a uh, pillowcase. <laughs> and they give it to Fiamma and tell her to fuck off. They're like, go home. I don't want you to hear anymore. Here's some shit. Get on the next ferry. Get out of here. And uh, Fiamma's like, cool. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> yeah. They're like throwing rocks at her after her while she's leaving. As I'm like, that's not necessary. She's clearly leaving. You know, <laughs> she's not like a dog you have to trick into get going away. She's out of here. Um, but she doesn't make it very far. Um, they all frantically start looking for Fiamma, and she returns that night. Um, then we see more diving practice, and Fiamma finally says what probably most people were thinking watching this movie is when are we going to compete? And yeah. Miss, Miss G's like, well, we can have a little competition now. She's like, no, like really compete like against other schools, which of course is the whole point of having a diving team. Um, not to Miss G. Not to Miss G, apparently. And of course, with my reading of it, of her being anxious, I just imagine like she can't even be fucking bothered to coordinate that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? She can't get in contact with other schools. She doesn't want to, she can't travel to go to the competitions, all that kind of stuff. And I took Um, it as also, they might not be that, I mean, they might not be that good and she doesn't care. She just wants to manipulate them. Right. It's a whole manipulation tactic to be like, like me, be, I'm your favorite. Right. Like, aren't we the, aren't we special? We are this special team that I've created and that I've uh, run even though it's the this team serves no other por- purpose than to stroke Miss G's ego. And of course, Fiamma is the first person to call her out on that. <laughs> and when she does it too, I'm just like, yeah, tell her. Um, so Di, of course, is fed up and she calls Fiamma out. She's like, you know, we're stuck here together. Why do you have to be such a pain in the ass? <laughs> Yeah, I like Di's character because she's kind of a bully, but at the same time, sometimes she's like, okay, like, let's just, well, what's going on here? Like, she's not always a bully, which I really like that about her character. Right. She's very, she's multidimensional. Yes. And if you're like me and watch this movie and kind of do get fed up with Fiamma's attitude, you, in this scene, you're just like, yes, thank you. You know, just like, you have to make the best of a wor- of this situation and all you're doing is enti- antagonizing everybody. And Fiamma takes it to heart, and she decides to make an effort. Um, so we decide to have a midnight feast. I love this. I, I this sounds like something I would want to do. Yeah, if I'm in. <laughs> we should totally do something like this. Do a midnight feast. Oh yeah. Um, the girls decide to do a feast for of Saint Agnes, um, which is Fiamma's idea, and so. At midnight, they, like, all dress up. Some of the girls get in drag, which I think is cute. Yeah. Um, they gather up food and drinks. Where do they get the booze? <laughs> I wondered that, too. Because I was like, wait a minute. Because they were, well, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But they were like, she's drank too much. And I was like, they were drinking alcohol? <laughs> like, right. Where the fuck did it come from? Yeah. Totally unclear. Um, but... While they're uh, partying, Miss G is listening to them outside of the room, and she covers for them. Another teacher comes to, like, 
complain about the noise and she she basically tells her to fuck off she's like go away i gave them permission and um, i'm like where is that made now that her the girl whimpering in her sleep and now she's like that's fine and they're like screaming and giggling exactly and the girls get a little too ram- rambunctious um and like heather said fiamma um drank a little too much so Miss G comes in and she takes a very drunk Fiamma to her room. And uh, trigger warning for sexual assault. Um, she's basically unconscious and Miss G rapes her. She says at one point, don't make me beg. That's when I about threw up in my mouth. Ugh. Oh yeah. It's so and creepy. Die ends up seeing at least a portion of this. She knows that they at least kissed. Yeah. But at the same time, Dai's like, oh, you seduced my teacher. Like, no, girl. Like, y'all are kids, right. teachers, and adults. <laughs> yeah. Even if Yama had, even if she had been conscious and consented and seduced, it wouldn't have mattered. It still would have been Mrs. G's fault because Fiamma's a kid. But yeah. she didn't. She was fucking unconscious. <laughs> like, it's rape with a capital R and a capital ape. Um, but yeah, so dies. G- Go ahead. I was going to say, dies. Jealousy just blinds her to the right and wrong of the situation. She's just so jealous of Miss G's love of Fiamma, her obsession okay, with Fiamma. So let's unpack this here. So if Die wanted to get in Miss G's pants, like, why didn't that happen? What? I mean, like, what? Like, why didn't Miss G pick Die? Because Seems like Di would have probably pretty willingly been like, hey, girl. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't get it. She rather had a willing participant. Well, maybe she wouldn't because she's a fucking creep. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's so weird. It's like. Because don't get me wrong, like all the girls are beautiful, but. Fiamma, I don't think Fiamma is any more beautiful than any of the other girls. No. You? No. She's pretty. They're all pretty. Yeah. So you almost have to wonder how much of it is, it's that, like, it's like having a scaredy boner. It's like she's afraid of Fiamma and the fact that Fiamma can see through her, and th- but that somehow makes her more attractive to her. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. And maybe she also, this might be weird and deep, but she also knows that she may or may not have had a lover before or love interest. So she thinks mm-hmm. maybe in her sick mind, she's like, I'm not completely, I don't know. Like I'm not take stealing her innocence because she's also had like an affair. With a right. <laughs> right. She might see her as being more mature than she actually is just because of yeah. that. Oh, Miss G you're fucked up, man. Um, um So at this point, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this from Ted Lasso when Juno Temple, who plays Di in this movie, was like, and it's like this whole episode where they're like, young girls are are dark and mysterious. <laughs> I just wrote that down <laughs> in my notes. Like, Ted Lasso quote. <laughs> oh, they're dark and mysterious. <laughs> um, speaking of which, have you ever read anything by Megan Abbott? No, I haven't. There's a quote in one of Megan Abbott's books, and the quote has kind of become its own aesthetic. Um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Hold on. 
I want to say it right. Gonna Google it. She has a book called A Hell Called Ohio. I gotta read that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I recommend all of her books, but I haven't read her mysteries, but her like teen dramas, dark, twisted books, I recommend. They're really good. Patience. Oh, okay. There's something dangerous about the boredom of teenage girls. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, totally accurate. Um, but fans of her books and of similar authors have kind of turned that into its own aesthetic of like, so you have just in terms of movies, you have stuff like Mean Girls or Jawbreaker or, you know what I mean? Like those type of movies where it's about corruption and the dark side of being a teen girl, mm-hmm. um, which I love. So that was part of like the whole thing I was diving into when I found this movie. Um, Cause this is definitely where the movie takes like a dark turn. So all the girls are hung over the next day. Yeah. And Miss G is like chasing Fiamma around. Um, Trying to get her to talk to her and reason with her. But Fiamma's pissed, obviously, because she was sexually assaulted. Uh, yeah. Um, so, Miss G manipulates Di into defending her. She's like, I'm, Fiamma's going to tell lies about me. She's going to get me fired. And I'll have to leave you girls. And she's completely twisted. Excuse me, just twist the entire situation. So Dai and the team confront Fiamma. And they take her aspirator and they chase her through the woods. And once they like corner her and she's of course out of breath, she can't breathe. She collapses and they start like punching and kicking her. And then, you know, after they've stopped, they've realized, like, she can't breathe and that the situation has gotten a lot more serious than they meant it to. And Miss G shows up. Okay, hold up just for a second. Then they meant it to. What? They were, like, taking branches and, like, fucking... What? Like... They were, like, doing scary, like, moves on the tree. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit you with this branch. Like, what it got, it went from zero to 60 real fast. Like, like what? What? Yeah. Like, how did you think that was going to go? Like, I, I've never went up to someone and was like, hey, I'm just going to fuck with you today. And then just start beating my branch on a tree like I was fucking <laughs> Jason or, like, <laughs> <laughs> what? But I think there's, like, a big difference between we're going to beat the shit out of you and, oh, you can't breathe. You know what I mean? I mean, young girls are dark and mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When they realize she can't breathe, like, Miss G shows up and she's like, well, go, go on and go get help. Right? So the girls leave. 
except for Di. Di is like in the distance watching this all happen. And Miss G, the, her aspirator is laying on the ground. It's just like right out of Fiamma's reach. And Miss G could have given it to her and like helped her breathe and could have saved her. But instead, she takes the aspirator away and watches as Fiamma suffocates to death. And like cradles her and is like, oh, my baby, my precious little girl. Shh. Uh. <laughs> what? That's <laughs> so creepy. Yeah. Um, so Fiamma dies because, because of all of them, frankly, because of the girls and because of Miss G, but particularly because of Miss G. Yeah. Um, so all the girls are in the dorm and Di tells the team the truth. And we don't see her telling them, but I assume it was probably not only did she tell them that Miss G let Fiamma die, but she probably told them what she actually saw happen the night before. Yeah. Um, so they go to they go to Miss G and all the girls, they all wear like uniforms, but they have different colored sashes around their waists for each different house and all their the team's sashes are red and all the girls take their sashes off and throw them at miss g's feet just kind of to symbolize that you know we're not your team anymore and Di tries to tell the school about what happened but the headmistress huh I said, they don't give a shit. Of course they don't give a shit. The headmistress, all she cares about is how the school looks. So she cares more about the reputation than the truth. Um, But Miss G is sent on a leave of absence. For whatever that means. For however long that will be. Um, And you can really tell how ingrained it is her life at the school is. Because we see her at some random little shitty hotel or something and she puts five personal objects on the nightstand like she's a girl in I school didn't notice that yeah mm-hmm. she's like counting them and putting them just so and yeah it's very creepy oh my goodness that's wild that i, I did not notice that that way yep and die probably huh I mean, she's been there her whole adult life, probably. Oh, yeah. She's completely, like, infantile. This is the way I see her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Di decides to leave the school. Um, I don't know how she's going to bandage, but she pieces out. She leaves the rest of the girls a letter, and we see her at the end of the, uh, movie, at the, end of the movie on a ferry, standing off. Hopefully to have her own adventures and to fall in love with someone who's better than Miss G. Or go home to her parents. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the case because her parents are the ones who sent her there to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the end of Cracks. The movie's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up, but like I'm sure you're listening to this 45 minutes, 49 minutes so far we're in this podcast, and you're thinking, wow, that was that was great. 
no 50 minutes into that movie none of that shit had happened yet like none of it <laughs> happened so, like it gets good the last 20 minutes and i'm like okay and, and then i'm like okay this is this is good i'm getting it but like it was just like uh mean to the new girl uh the new girl's weird uh miss she's a creep I'm like <laughs> it's this movie is very much a vibe it, yeah, you know, yeah you know how some movies are like a compelling story and are really engaging and then there's other movies that are just a vibe and cracks is just a vibe yeah it's a good way to to state it yeah so if, if you're into like period costumes or schoolgirl dynamics or you know that kind of stuff if you're just into like queer energy and weirdos like it's just it's a vibe <laughs> i really wanted there to be like some like tort affair like between either die or like a consensual affair even right. though i mean the other kids whatever and that would still make her creep but like i wanted some i wanted a more consensual less creepy story <laughs> right it's always sucks we're just like so desperate for queer content that you're just like this is what i get i have to get yeah. like schoolgirl rape great wonderful yeah, yeah yeah i'm like no that's not what i wanted <laughs> so speaking of juno temple have you watched any more of the offer okay i thought it was really boring and i stopped watching it <laughs> have you watched more yeah me and my parents we, we finished it we watched the whole thing um is it worth it i mean i dug it but you kind of have to be like into the film industry to care yeah okay okay which i and it gets interesting because of how much the mob ends up getting involved in the making of this movie so it's for and for people listening there's the show called the offer on paramount plus it has miles teller and juno Juno temple and giovanna ravisi and dan fogler um matthew good it has a bunch of amazing people in it and it's the true story of the making of the Godfather. And it starts out, it is kind of boring. Like the first three episodes or so, you know, mom was like, I don't know if I can do this, but we ended up getting into it. And we watched the whole thing. It's, it's interesting. It's to find out all of this crazy shit that happened behind the scenes. I dug it. And Juno Temple's re- really adorable in it. I stopped it to watch The Bear, which is Jeremy Allen White on Hulu, and it was magnificent. <laughs> yeah, my parents are watching that. I haven't watched it, but my parents are. Oh, Hillary, I watched it in a day. Like, it is so, so, so good. And it's a one of the first shows I've watched in a long time that, like, you can't even play on your phone. Like, it happens so fast. Like, I don't even want to play on my phone because, you know, that's how we are as millennials. We have to multitask at all times. No, you have to watch the TV screen at all times because things will happen while people, like, you'll see something while people are talking, like, off screen. And if you missed it, you, you missed it. Like, it is so fast paced and so really, really good. And I'm excited for the next season. I might have to check it out then. I don't know how deep, how far my parents are into it yet. It's eight episodes and they're only 30 minutes. So like you can get Mm. caught up. Oh, nice. Um, what else am I watching? What was I watching under the offer? Oh, I start, I watched the first episode of that Julia Childs series on HBO. 
I I like it. I, I don't think my parents are as into it as I am, but it I thought it was cute. I um, just finished the second season of Hacks on HBO, and it's really good. And it's I've been meaning to. I watched like the first few episodes of that of the first season. I've been meaning to watch it. I, I only like have. It. We only have HBO in the living room, and I'm very rarely in the living room by myself, so <laughs> limited time to watch it, but I've been meaning to. I love that kind of stuff. I'm really into stand-up comedy, so that whole world, I think, is interesting. Yes, it's very, very good, and yeah, and I really like it. It was nominated for a bunch of Emmys. I'm going to be so torn at the Emmys this year. There's so many stuff that is like competing against each other that I love, like Barry and Ted. <sighs> it's going to be interesting. Also, Abbott Elementary is really good. I haven't watched it. It's. I think it's relatable even if you aren't a teacher. <laughs> but, <laughs> but obviously I love it because I'm a teacher. But it's like um, documentary style like The Office or Parks and Rec. And it's it's really funny. Oh, cute. I should check that out. And there's only like 13 episodes. So it's not like a huge commitment. Excuse me. Oh, what we do in the shadows is back. I need to watch yeah. that new episode. You haven't Have you watched started it yet? No, not yet. I watched the first two episodes. Um, they're funny. Uh, Nadja <laughs> is my favorite, like maybe character ever. Like I love her. So <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, I love that show. It's well, uh, not zero. The amount of times in my head I've said "yummy, scrummy, bummy." <laughs> <laughs> Do yummy scrummy bummy to murder with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you're going to Maine? Yes, I'm leaving Friday. Well, at first, okay, Friday, I'm going to Scranton because I am an office nerd. So we're going to go to Scranton and then we're going to go to Maine on Saturday. Fun. What, are you guys going to like the beach or where are you going? Uh, we're going to Portland, and then we're, we're going to go to Cape Cod, and then we're going to end up in Boston and then come home. So we're just doing, like, some touristy things and seeing some lighthouses and drinking some craft beer. Nice. Yeah. Getting on some ferries, you know. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. This weekend, Lacey, Julie, and I, and Seth, are going to go to the haunted penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia and go to the oddities slash animal expo. And we will probably end up doing an episode about it. Ooh. Um, as well as Lacey wants to record because it's like a two hour drive from Lacey's house to Moundsville. And it's so funny. Julie's such a trooper. It's only 25 minutes from Julie's boyfriend's house to Moundsville. So she could very easily just like stay with her boyfriend and then go in the morning. But she's being a trooper and said she's going to drive to Lacey's house and ride with us the two hours from Lacey's <laughs> to Moundsville. Um, but Lacey is, has been compiling smash or pass list. Yes. <laughs> and I'm supposed to make a list too. I'm in charge of the girls. She's coming up with all the guys. I have to come up with all the girls. And we're going to play Smash or Pass on the drive up. So we'll oh, probably okay. record that too. So that might be a special bonus episode. <laughs> and since I will also be in a, This is a big ask. But since I will also be in a car, can you FaceTime, if not call me, so I can play at least one round of Smash or Pass? <laughs> well, we can certainly try, yeah. Okay. I love it. 
I love it. Don't forget about me. Make it a good one. I want to play a good one. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be fun. Um, so any final thoughts on Cracks or anything? I'm glad I watched it. The first hour super boring. And then it's like, it's it's good. It's better. It disappoints me in the fact that it, she's so creepy and a teacher. And that skeezes me out even more because I'm a teacher. But <laughs> still glad I watched it. And you said it perfectly. It's a vibe. Yeah. If you guys are ever down for a vibe, check out Cracks. If yeah. for nothing else, you can just mute it and stare at Eva Green for a while. And some side boobs of people who are hopefully 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all for listening. Uh, please check out the Linktree link in the episode description. It will take you to our social media pages where we would love for you to follow us and get in touch. Feel free to DM us anytime. In the episode description, you will also find the link to our support page where you can donate to the show or sign up for a monthly patronage. If you can't donate, then please consider supporting us by sharing our posts and link the show to your friends and followers and help spread the word. Thank you to Heather for joining me. Thank you for having me. And until next time, we are the weirdos, mister. <laughs>